folks, if you enjoy our guidance about the management trinity, getting to know your people, talking about performance, asking for more, pushing work down, and our tools are helpful, one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, and delegation. The ideal way to learn about implementing them is to come to one of our effective manager conferences. One day, we cover all of the major topics. You practice feedback. You practice coaching. You practice delegation. I can't tell you the number of times people have said to us, wow, I thought I understood the tools. And then when I had to practice, I realized I've taken it to another level. Come to the website, check out our conference schedule, see us all over the U.S. and in Europe and in Asia and in Australia. See you there. Welcome to Manage Tools. Leader's Intent, Part 1. Here we go. Mark, what is Leader's Intent? <laughs> so, and, and never heard fact, of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, never heard of it. Um, so, in fact, this is interesting because leaders' intent is an important cast that you and I have talked about for years. It it derives from a military concept that is widely used inside uh, corporations all over the world called commanders' intent. Um, but we don't want to give people big heads around here and say you're a commander. What's interesting about this show as well is this is our first show that you and I have talked about in advance where we are going to populate part of our map of the universe, all of our podcast with a node called executive tools. Um, We've had some casts that address um, executive type actions, and this is one of those casts, and we will continue to add to it in the months and years ahead. And leader's intent means explaining the why the result, the outcome of what you want to have happen related to the work you're going to ask people to do, rather than digging into the how of doing things. In other words, too many of us as managers spend too much time doing self-planning, detailing out everything that needs to be done, um, believing that our jobs as managers are to do the thinking in advance and simply give a task list, a, an, an 80% complete project list to our directs, and then they become what in uh, the consulting world is called a pair of hands uh, to simply do the work. Commander's intent, leader's intent, and all managers are leaders. Leader's intent says, no, you don't do that. You don't give them as much detail about the how. You don't tell them how. You trust them to figure out the how, and you under-communicate the how, and you over-communicate the why. The more you can tell people why things are happening and, and what they're going for and how it fits into the larger picture contextually, the easier it is for them to make individual decisions and therefore to speed up their results. If a manager just simply tells his team what to do, it doesn't give any context, any why, the team is often unable to decide how to proceed when they're uncertain. And so they end up coming back to the manager, which of course irritates the manager. But of course, we as managers do that to our directs by suggesting that I'm going to tell you what and and how, Um, but there's no way you can plan for every how. So effective managers explain the leader's intent to help the directs understand the why. And that ends up actually Counterintuitively for many people, it actually speeds up the how, the details, because the why exists. Absolutely. For every every project, there are millions of decisions made all the time that are not explicitly in the plan, right? People yep. have to make decisions day to, you know, day to day, minute to minute, about how they're going to tax something. And if they understand the why of the project or the objective, they're more likely to make 
a better decision. Yeah, and I know there are some managers right now thinking out there, yeah, I'm not sure this will work. Can I make sure? Will they really make the right decisions? Well, you may be right. You may have some people who are a little bit addicted to you coming up with a plan for them, and we'll talk about that during this cast. Yeah, and if the military thinks this is important enough to put it in place where decisions that are made affect the lives of their men and women, and they don't do, they don't give them the detail plan step by step by step by step. Yeah, your, maybe your project is not that important. Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. And and for those of you who think no, this is different and it's software and we have to explain everything, you might be surprised how the greatest folks don't come up with detailed plans in advance. And even well, what did Eisenhower say? Which every CEO knows the quote of, "Planning is everything, but plans are nothing." Meaning that once you get started, stuff happens. You know, everybody's got a plan in a boxing match until they get hit. Um, everybody has a plan until the first shot is fired. So, yeah, those of you who don't know, I'm into martial arts. I have a martial arts school, um, but yeah, that describes every fight I've ever been in. Yeah, <laughs> I get hit. Then and, it, now it's a fight. Every, every idea I had as as to how I was going to approach the fight completely disappears. Right. <laughs> yeah. Fighting for my life. Okay. So what what's our outline for today? Yeah. So. Just two simple points. We want to encourage you to explain how less and explain why more, and that's what the leader's intent is. In addition, we're going to recommend you encourage your directs to decide and act toward the leader's intent when you brief them on leader's intent. In the beginning, you're not only going to have to, tell, to give them less how and more why, you're going to have to say, and so guys, I want you to make decisions on your own, and we'll pay attention to the outcome of those decisions. And we'll get data back about how you're doing. Rather than me doing all the planning, there'll be more positive and negative feedback when we're done, but you'll be able to work faster. Okay. So point one, don't explain how, explain the why, the leader's intent, which we just described. So every manager, including myself, we want our supervisor directs less, right? That's a lot, yeah. that's a lot of work. We want to reduce their questions because it takes less time, less of our time. And we want to increase the speed of their work and their development. So yeah. why not just plan it out in detail for them? It just seems like that. I'll just mention one more caveat before we get going. I'm recording at home in Pebble Beach. It is concourse week, uh, which means one of the big car shows in the country is here. And it happens to be Ferrari year at the concourse. And so there are probably close to a thousand Ferraris within five miles of me. And since I'm not far from 17 mile drive in my house, uh, you may hear some background noise periodically, which our fabulous sound engineer, Paul Figiani, won't be able to get out because it'll be transient. Uh, so if you hear that, um, those are very fast cars, probably illegally racing down 17 mile drive. <laughs> On a gorgeous, sunny California day. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Your life. You got a rough life. Rough, uh, yeah. Other than the 220 days yeah. you're, you're traveling. <laughs> and it is Saturday morning and we're recording. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're working. Good point. Okay. So look, um, you're right. We all talk about, gosh, I wish I didn't have to supervise as much, right? The old joke about management would be great if it weren't for the people. Um, and managers get frustrated that people come and ask questions. But that's actually an outcome of the way many of us manage naturally. We tend to take, in order to reduce our own risk, and because we believe that we're, if not smarter than, at least more well-informed than our team and have a broader perspective and context of what's happening, 
we manage as if the planning part of things is our responsibility and the working part of things is our direct responsibility. We kind of think to ourselves, I'll figure everything out for them. You know, that's kind of my job. I'm supposed to figure stuff out. And then I can just kind of go tell them, hey, just do what I tell you and they'll be fine. We kind of figure out what to do. And we also go further and in an interest of supporting our team who's super busy and probably doesn't have our perspective, we actually then plan out how to do it. We could give a spreadsheet and here are the steps and so on. And then we tell them how to do it. And maybe if we're super smart, it's a red herring. It's an easy distraction. We then go to the next step and next step, and we have a web-based system uh, for them to report to us um, to make it even easier for them to report. No, wait, even better now in the modern world in 2015 and beyond, we have an app-based system for them to report to us. And their statuses will be forever green. We've got it all planned out. should be super simple. Just do this work. And it's like eternal bliss. By the way, guys, I, I, I say us because I include Mike and I both in this. We've both had this transition in the course of our careers. And I think this the reason why we mentioned this being part of exec tools is this is one of the transitional steps from going to a manager to becoming an executive, at least in terms of how you think. And you can make this change now as a manager get through the rockiness of it with this team. The next team you have, you're going to have to gradually transition them probably because their previous boss probably used the how versus the why. But you can make this transition now. Executives who work with you will notice it. They will recognize that you are seeing the big picture. You are not getting into the details of the plan. Yes, there are some details, of course, you have to do. And I know some of you right now are saying, my gosh, my entire life is around the details of the plan. But if you have any interest in being seen as uh, an executive or being thought of as potentially an executive at some point in the future, not saying that's necessary for you. There are great roles and future careers that where you stay as a manager. But if you want that executive respect, you've got to make this transition. And you can do it now as a manager, even if you're a frontline manager. You can. And basically what, hap what has happened is there's a combination of things. Organizations have all kinds of systems that make it easier to behave this way for managers. But what we've done is we've caused this behavior. We've gotten it backwards as managers. It really is not the manager's job if you start it over with organizational corporate life. It's not the manager's job necessarily to plan everything and just dole out tasks. It's the manager's job, it's our job to ensure the results that are required of us and our team are achieved in an economical way while retaining our team. And what happens is we do the planning, because again, as I mentioned earlier, that's why one of our values. But what that means is when team members are reduced primarily to just doing tasks and they don't get the creativity that comes with thinking through the thing in advance and realizing their forks in the road and so on, their creativity is, is cut down because they weren't involved in the planning or the tasking, the goal setting. Of course, they're going to come to us frequently with emergent situations and questions and second guessings and misunderstandings because they don't understand necessarily the why of why steps one, two, three, four, five, six, seven are that way as opposed to A, B, C, D, and then a fork and then E or F and G or H. They don't understand. And by the way, You've had this happen to you with your boss, and 
it's hard for you as a manager to understand why your directs can't make a simple decision in some cases. And by the way, I'm not limiting this to individual contributors. There are managers, there are directors of you listening right now who have done this to your managers. I know I did for quite a while where you can't understand why they don't see that it's obvious that they should do F rather than G. But that's only because in your head, not having been communicated, is the why of the plan mm-hmm. such that they know, so you know, well, of course it's F and not G. And they say, I'm sorry, I, I didn't see that. And, and you get frustrated when, in fact, you're assuming information is in their head that to you is obvious. It wasn't obvious when you learned it, but it's obvious now that they don't have. Right. You think that and because you gave them a detailed plan on the, the how that somehow they should be able to infer from that what the commander's intent was or the leader's yeah. intent. And, and, and for the most part, too, there's too many things going on and people don't have time to infer and so on. Those questions about those inferences that are happening are the things that irritate people. And like I said, what ends up happening, and if you've been a manager for a while, you've experienced this, is our efforts as managers to allow quote unquote, our directs to quote, work on their own, unquote, but on the other hand, quote, based on our detailed plan, unquote, end up backfiring. They come to us with questions about all kinds of situations that could have never been predicted and put into a plan. And if you don't know this, if you're one of those managers who thinks, no, a good plan is something that predicts everything, you're insane. You need to talk to someone, I mean, a professional or someone, not, not me, not Mike, because it's not possible. Stuff happens. Okay. Well, like I said, at the start, I think earlier in the show, planning is everything, but plans are nothing. And what that means is, of course, we have to have a plan. Of course, we have to think through things in advance. But once we start working, there are going to be changes in real time that mean we never, never end up following the plan as it was written. And the mistake the manager makes is saying, well, I have to have a plan, so I'll do all the detailed planning. And then leaving everybody out of the why means they don't get that important kernel of understanding of where we're supposed to end up that will help me decide if I feel a little bit lost, I'm at a crossroads, I'm in a village, you know, I don't really know where we're headed. And I come to a crossroads and it's not a fork between north and south. And I kind of know we want to go north because I heard that. But rather, there are five roads. And four of them go generally north, and one of them goes only west. What do you do? And they're going to come to you and go, I I don't know. And the answer to you is obvious. Yeah, exactly. So when we as managers get frustrated about our direct's inability to improvise, to adjust, to adapt, and then that causes them to have questions and issues and concerns, It's likely, again, because we know our own intent and the road to take is obvious, but it's not obvious to your directs because they don't have the roadmap that's in our heads. They don't have the why. And then this gets worse because we begin to see our directs as needy and uncreative and unwilling to take, you know, reasonable risks. And by the way, reasonable risk is something I've learned, Mike. In the last 10 years, providing this guidance I think there are an awful lot of managers who have been put in that planful mode, the non-why mode, and there are directs who think their manager's job is to eliminate all risks um, or that the definition of reasonable risk is so small because so many of us are not seeking success. We're avoiding failure. We're simply staying out of trouble. We're going to do what we need to do. We're going to solve all the urgent stuff when some VP comes down and says, I need this right now. And so we drop everything and we do that when, in fact, 
he may go away and never remember that he said that. And I think that, you know, that fear and uncertainty and doubt, we managers played a role in that failure about not willing to make decisions. We didn't include enough why, and we probably also had too much how in our guidance. Yeah, and I guess, you know, I was going to talk about it later, but, you know, this this whole idea, some people might be worried a little bit that issuing leaders' intent versus the detail how is going to result in more mistakes, right? More risk. Yeah. And in fact, folks, if you're thinking that, you're right. Yeah. It will. The beauty, though, is the risk is not going to be around your key core objectives. It's going to be around the margins. And by the way, the better you are at um, communicating your leader's intent, the less risk there will be because people will understand where you're going, be able to make better decisions. And oh, and oh, by the way, if you have, if you're doing one-on-ones like we recommend and have a great relationship with your folks, the risk will go down tremendously because they'll come to you when they see that risk. And if you maybe know how to give feedback, you know, professional, polite, that doesn't impact your relationship, uh, you have a tool in which to yeah. help correct those little minor deviations that occur. Yeah, exactly. I want to say this a little differently for some of you. And for those of you who are licensees, it's not in the show notes. But as I'm sitting here talking to Mike, these sessions always evolve a little bit. I'm going to say this. I'm going to see if I can get it exactly right. There is risk in either choice, over planning or focusing on leader's intent. Okay. You're saying to yourself right now, well, no, if you're a planning manager, you're saying, no, I'm, I'm reducing risk by giving a plan. No, you're simply changing the type of risk you get. And this is all based on the decision theory, which I, I find interesting. I, I'm always surprised when I tell people, you understand that even though this situation turned out bad, you can't blame it on the decision the manager or the leader or the executive made. Decision theory tells us at the time you make the right decision and everyone would agree that was the right decision. And then later, the plan doesn't work or the outcome is not good. You don't go back and say, that was the wrong decision. That's not how decision theory works. You can get maximum scores on a decision and then have an outcome that doesn't work out. And everyone will tell you that was a good decision. Yeah, it failed. But you don't go back and complain about the decision. The decision is not what caused the failure. Okay. Here's the way I'll say it. You are thinking that you're reducing risks by providing a plan. Nope you're creating speed risk okay when we do and i'll come back to that when when we as managers and leaders do the leader's intent and we explain why we are creating decision and initiative risk and the planful manager the manager who over plans doesn't like decision risk and doesn't like initiative risk he or she wants to take that risk out of the equation because they'd say, well, my people have never done this before, or I'm smarter than them, so I can eliminate that risk by making the decisions for them. They don't have to take initiative. They just have to follow the plan, okay? You essentially, in creating a plan, eliminate or try to reduce to virtually zero any decision that a direct has to make. Look, in this situation, you know, the next step is do X. And by the way, this step is written based on your abilities to do it, so it shouldn't be that hard for you. I'm going to simplify it to the point where don't make a decision, just act. Okay? You eliminate decision risk, and decision risk is 
somebody making a wrong decision, and initiative risk, which is someone doing something perhaps off-plan and creating a problem associated with the effort they put into it that puts them behind on something else. Unfortunately, what you vastly increase is speed to market or speed to result risk. You slow things down. Okay, because first of all, you have to overplan in the beginning, so now your directs get the plan later. Um, and they have to come to you with questions every time there's an uncertainty and they can't figure out what the why is. And in today's world, an ever faster changing world, constantly adapting, we want speed to market, we want people to be collaborative and communicative and trust each other. You simply can't justify I would rather have speed risk than initiative risk and decision risk. A CEO would say to you, you're crazy. You have got to give them the initiative. You've got to give them the ability to make the decision. How are they ever going to become managers if their job before they become a manager or before they become a director is to eliminate the need to make decisions? Part of the job of the judgment of the leadership of this organization is to use their judgment. And judgment means making decisions, sometimes right, sometimes wrong, as, as I like to say. The definition of you know good judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad judgment we can't expect young professionals to become part of the leadership organization even if they want to if we denude their jobs of the decision and initiative risk that will help them learning to take reasonable risks at small levels when things don't break before they get a hundred million dollar budget we can't do that and then expect them to be good as we give them more and more responsibility, more exposure, more influence on the rest of the organization. So what you do in being planful is you slow things down because you, you say, you know, you don't get to make the decisions. I'll do that. I'll, I'll you don't make it. Don't take an initiative. You know, um, don't don't make any decisions. I'll do that for you. But then they come to you 100 times in a month with questions. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long, folks. This podcast was produced by Manager Tools. Manager Tools creates actionable management guidance every single week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter and to find products for situations you may face as a manager or professional, go to www.manager-tools.com. Search for Manager Tools on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.